Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. You know, if he preaches good today, she probably gave him the thought. She probably whispered, you know what mamas do, praise the Lord. So we're so glad to have him with us. A missionary for 31 years. Could you put your hands together in honor and respect for this? Praise God. 31 years serving in another land, leaving home and leaving home and coming back occasionally. We're so thankful to be a part of the life and ministry of Brother and Sister Burgess. We ask him to come. Would you put your hands together as Brother Burgess comes to minister to us this morning? Oh, why don't we give this hand praise to Jesus? He alone is worthy of our praise. He alone is worthy of all of the glory. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You alone are worthy of our praise. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. What a beautiful beautiful presence in the house of the Lord today. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Praise the Lord. What a beautiful spirit. And it is an honor to be here once again. And I I want to say before we go to the word of the Lord, how much uh, the Burgess family appreciates Apostolic Worship Center, all of you. And uh, I don't say that just for the last several days that you have stood by our side in, in the passing of, of my father. But uh, for over 15 years now, this has been mom and dad's home. And uh, to hear mom talk about each and every one of you and different families and, and young men that have helped out and, and moved furniture and friends that have come by and played cards and, and those, uh, the food that you sent to us uh, after the funeral, it was overwhelming, and I, I just want to say thank you to all of you. It is, uh, it's an honor to know that you're loved, amen, and to know that we have a church family that uh, cares so much for each and every one of us, and uh, so on behalf of uh, my mother and our family, thank you once again, and uh, although your pastor's not here today, Uh, I know that you are well aware that you have a great man of God as shepherd of this church. Truly a great man of God. And uh, Pastor and Sister Borders are Christians and are kind and loving. And and, uh, Kay and I are blessed to be able to call them our friends. And uh, we highly respect them. And uh, I appreciate the fact that he trusts me today. Uh, to stand here when he's not here. And uh, that is a a true trust that I appreciate very much. And uh, good to be in service with my mother and share the times with her. And uh, again, thank you for your prayers these last few days. And the journey is not easy, and especially for mom. But God has been with us, and we've... Uh, had times of weeping, but we've had times of rejoicing. 
and uh, knowing that dad uh, is healed and he's walking on streets of gold. Nothing greater than that, that peace and that knowledge. And uh, we are so thankful for all of you today. I bring you greetings this morning from the church that I have the honor of pastoring, Life Tabernacle, Madrid, Spain, a great church that loves God. And uh, I ask you to remember them in prayer. I'm looking out at you today, and, and, and I'm a bit envious because I can see your smile. Or on some of you, the lack thereof. Amen. But I can see your faces. We are still under full mask uh, mandate. So it's been a long time since I've stood in a pulpit and seen a good Pentecostal smile. Amen. And uh, it's good to see your smiles. Pray for us. Amen. Our church, uh, we've had over 300 confirmed cases of COVID in our local church. We've had six of our uh, church family that have gone on to be with the Lord due to this pandemic, and uh, it has been definitely a struggle. We have five services on Sunday to try to accommodate the crowd and also accommodate the, uh, uh, the distancing requirements. So Sunday is a, a big day for us, and uh, I haven't received the report yet on how many received the Holy Ghost this morning, but I'm sure that people were in the altar and I know that God is moving, and we appreciate your support and your prayers. Amen. I know you pray for churches around the world, do you not? Amen. There are churches in our, our world today that are unable to have services and unable to, to share the, the liberties that you and I have today, and we pray for all of them. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Turn with me. The book of Ephesians. chapter 3. I want to say what an honor it is to share the platform with Brother Fuller. And uh, when you see an elder weep when he talks about the goodness of Jesus, you got to know he's a good God. He has been faithful for all of these years. Aren't you thankful for that? Can we give him another hand clap of praise? He is faithful. He is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will be preaching a very simple message today, mainly for two reasons. Number one is what I feel in the Holy Ghost and have been feeling ever since Pastor Borders talked to me about the service this morning. But the second reason, I, I must confess, is that I haven't preached in English since the last time I preached here in English which I believe was May. And uh, I'm hoping it's like riding a bicycle. I'm hoping that it'll come back quickly. And uh, if it doesn't, I'll tell you like I always say, if y'all don't help me preach in English, I'll switch to Spanish. I know I can preach in Spanish. Amen. So please help me today. The word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3. One verse of Scripture, verse 20. A beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Notice what Paul says. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power 
that worketh in us. I want to read it again, but pay close attention to every word in that verse because they all have a meaning for us today. Unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all. Say with me, all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. My subject this morning is three simple questions. Three simple questions. Jesus, we thank you one more time for your presence in this house today. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing touch that I can feel. Lord, knowing that you are here with us and that you are ministering, Lord, you have confirmed your word to me this morning. And I, I stand here, Lord, knowing that you will direct my paths, that you will speak through me to your people, anoint our hearing, God, our understanding, and help us to respond to what the Spirit would say to the church today. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My friend, every time we walk into this sacred house, we must always, always, always be aware that we are walking into a holy place. We are coming into the presence of the Almighty, and inside of this house, or in the presence of the Lord, anything can happen. Oh, you're not hearing me. I said anything can happen in the house of the Lord. There are miracles that can take place in this house today. And Paul said we have a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Oh, you ought to give him a hand clap of praise just knowing that we have a God that is able. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Think about it for a moment, my friend. He can heal any sickness. He can save any sinner. He can restore any prodigal. He can repair any broken heart. He can repair any broken dreams. He can repair any broken home. We have a God that is able. Oh, hallelujah. That excites me today. I have a God that can do anything. I have a God that can do everything. Oh, praise the Lord. He brings peace to the tormented soul. He brings rest to the weary. He brings hope to the downhearted. If you're in this house today, my friend, you are in the perfect spot to receive whatever you need from the Lord because Jesus is in the house and he's able to do anything. Oh, say it with me. He's able. Do you believe it? Praise the Lord. Paul said he's able to do all of these things exceeding abundantly above our comprehension or above our expectations. If you want to use it in, in common vernacular of today, we have a God that can blow your mind. Oh, you're not getting it. He 
doesn't fit in a little box. He's not confined within the pages of a Bible. We have a God that can take whatever you can dream of inside of your head, whatever your expectations are, and he can go way beyond that. Your ending point doesn't even reach his starting point. He is here and he's able. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He never disappoints. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't bother to get out of bed and get dressed to come visit a God that couldn't. Now, I live in a country that says they have a religion. And I'm not here to bash any religion. I have visited their churches. I have walked in and seen their rituals and, and, and all that they do and, and, and the, the standing and the sitting and the sharing and all. I've been there. I've watched that. It breaks my heart. And I, I've thought to myself more than once, uh, if this was the only hope I had, I, I, I think I'd rather not even go to church uh, than to go to a church uh, that couldn't offer me any hope, uh, that goes to, to a place where I couldn't feel anything, uh, where I had to generate it uh, through myself, but oh my friend, when I come to the house of the Lord, each and every time I pass through those doors, I know he's going to be there, he's going to be there, I don't know what he's going to do, but I know he can do anything and everything above all that I can ask or think, praise the Lord, he's able, but Paul mentions something in this verse, it's something I'm sure you're already aware of, but sometimes we forget. He says he's able to do all of this exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But he does it. Notice what he says. He does it according to the power that worketh in us. In other words, we can't just come in and sit down like a knot on a log and just wait for something to happen. But what has to happen for his power to be released and for his, uh, his spirit to move upon us, uh, there has to be a working uh, of the power that is in us. In us, uh, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know what Paul is talking about. Uh, anybody got the Holy Ghost in this house today? Uh, anybody ever felt the power of the Holy Ghost? Uh, do you know what happens uh, when the Holy Ghost begins to move? Praise the Lord. When that power starts working, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You were here in service last Sunday, and we were, we were worshiping, and we were going through the motions, some of us, and I speak for myself also. We were in church, but we weren't in church. We were here physically, but, but our minds were already wandering. Some of us were already at the restaurant. We had already had the appetizer picked out, and we were thinking about what we were going to do after church. But thank God we have a pastor that said, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're not going to just come here and go through the motions. The power's got to start working. we got to break something loose. we got to start doing our part. And when we begin to worship and the Spirit begin to move, 
move. The Holy Ghost fell and began to touch lives. I don't know about you, my friend, but I walked out of this house different than why I came. I walked out of this house with a touch. Why? Because the Holy Ghost moves. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We got to understand, we, 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 we don't come to church and begin to worship and praise just because we're trying to fill a time slot. We don't do that just because we, we feel like that's tradition and that's the way grandpa did it and that's the way the elders did it. No, there's a reason behind all that we do. And when we come in, we recognize that, that we bring in a little from the outside to the inside and sometimes we're downhearted and we're burdened and sometimes we're distressed and sometimes we're distracted but when we come to the house of the Lord and we begin to worship in corporal singing and worship together something begins to happen what happens the spirit the power begins to move and when that power begins to move in us great things happen in the house of the Lord that's why my friend I need you to worship with me and that's why I need to worship with you I can't sit here and let everybody do it for me, but I'm going to do my part. I might not feel like it today. My life might, be, might not be all that I wish it was today, but I'm going to worship anyway. Why? Because there's power in the house. And when I begin to lift him up, and when I begin to exalt him, great things happen in the house of the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap one more time. Praise the Lord. But there's something else we must acknowledge about our Savior. It's very important that we understand that not only is he able to do anything and everything, he is also willing. Hello? And trust me when I tell you, there's a big difference. I've come to share with you this morning that not only can he help you, he wants to help you. There's an example of that in Matthew chapter 8. A leper man came to Jesus. He knelt there before him and he was well aware of where he was. He understood, Pastor, that I'm at the feet of somebody that can do anything. He knew that. That's why he came to Jesus. But there was a nagging doubt in that leper's mind. I know he can. I'm just not sure that he will. I know he's able, but I'm not sure that he wants to. And so as he knelt before Jesus, he prefaced his plea by saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I can relate to that. He understood. I know he can do it. I've heard the stories. I know of the miracles. I know where I am. I know the power that he has, but I'm just not sure he's wanting to do it for me today. And so I began by saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus immediately responded to that man. He said, I'm willing. Be clean. 
and I've come to give you notice today. He can't only just touch you, but he wants to touch you. He can't only just save you, but he wants to save you. Somebody needs to give him a hand, a hand clap of praise. Somebody needs to realize today you're at the right place at the right time. Praise God. Now we're old enough to know that those two things don't always go hand in hand. Hello? As a matter of fact, let's use this church for an example. When you drive in the parking lot, one of the first things you see is a, a big a billboard out there. It says the Future Apostolic Worship Center. It's beautiful. You know as well as I do, there are people living in Norman let's say within a 10-mile radius of this church house, that could write a check tomorrow to cover every dime that we need for that whole construction project. And it wouldn't even change their lifestyle one bit. Am I right or not? There are people that can. Unfortunately, up to right now, they don't want to. So we understand it's one thing to be able to do it. It's another thing to want to do it. Then on the flip side of that same thing, I'm looking at a group of people right now. I know you love your church. I know you love the house of God. And I know that there is a desire inside of you if you could. If you had the means to do it. You would pay for that construction yourself. You have the want to. You just don't have the means. They have the means. They just don't have the want to. You understand what I'm doing with this? When you find somebody that not only can help you, but wants to help you, friend, you better take advantage of that. That's a golden opportunity right there. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus can help you, and Jesus wants to help you today. Let's give him another hand clap of praise. But that in itself presents us with a conundrum. If he's able, and if he's willing, then why doesn't he just do it? You ever thought that? I mean, you've spent all this time telling us that he can, and now you're telling us that he wants to. Well, do it. Or here's another conundrum. Have you ever noticed that in a service, let's say last Sunday, for example, one standing over here gets exactly what they need from the Lord, and that one standing there doesn't receive anything. And yet we understand the Bible clearly states that he makes no respecter of person. He doesn't play favorites. And so the question is, How's that happen? How does God heal that one and not heal this one? How does God fill that one with the Holy Ghost? But this one goes back to the pew without it. He, he loves us all. He's able and he's willing. Then why doesn't he just do it? Well, I'll admit, I don't have all of the answers to explain in minute detail the ways of God. 
For the scripture says his ways are not our ways. But there is a very important factor that you and I must consider today before, before we finish. And it's simply this. He has all of the answers. But you hold the keys. You hear me? He has the ability and he has the desire. But whether it happens or not in your life doesn't depend so much on him as it depends on you. And now that I've got your attention, let me talk to you about the three simple questions. When you study the word of the Lord, especially studying the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they contain the, the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus while here on the earth. And, 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 and when you begin to read and, and begin to study it, you will find that oftentimes before Jesus touched a person or before he addressed the needs of that person, he would ask them questions. In fact, when you begin to read it, you will notice very quickly that Jesus liked asking questions. One commentator counted them all. I'm going to take his word for it. I, I don't have the patience to do that. But one commentator said that there are over 300 questions that Jesus asked of others in the four Gospels. 300 questions. He enjoyed asking questions. He asked a lot of questions. And that in and of itself is a very interesting fact. Jesus asked a lot of questions. But yet we know that Jesus is God manifested in flesh. Are you with me? He was God that robed himself in the flesh of man and came to dwell among us. And as God incarnate, he held all of the attributes of the Almighty within his being. And one of those attributes, friend, is omniscience. That means he knows everything. Are you with me? Now think about it for just a moment because to me it's fascinating. Here we have God robed in the flesh of man. He has the attribute of omniscience. He knows the answer to every question. He knows the answer to unasked questions. Read it. It's fascinating sometimes that you will find Jesus in a place. He's, he might be debating the Pharisees or the Sadducees or even sometimes he's with his own disciples. And brother, he answered their question before they even asked it. He knew what they were thinking. Why? Because he's God robed in flesh. He knows everything about everybody. Well, if that's the case then, why so many questions? If he already knows the answer, why bother to ask the question? And when you think about it, you'll realize he never asked those questions so that he could gain information. 
He wasn't asking those questions so he could learn something from you. He already knows everything about you. So he asked those questions not to serve as information, but to serve as revelation. He wanted you to recognize that you have a need of a Savior. He wanted them to understand that they had a problem that they couldn't deal with. And so he asked the question because, friend, you must know our Savior is not a dictator. He will touch you, but he's not going to barge in and he's not going to take over. He is here right now, but he will never enter where he's not invited. He will never help where he's not asked. He will never do what you don't want him to do. He is willing to assist you in any and every facet of your life, but he won't meddle in your affairs if you don't want him to. He's a gentleman. He stands at the door and he knocks but he'll never kick the door in. He's waiting on you to respond. He's waiting on you to answer the door. Hear me now, friend. You hold the keys. Remember that. You hold the keys. It's up to you to decide. You're not obligated to open that door. You're not obligated to answer that question, but you must understand it's an important factor in receiving what you need from God. I find it often humorous when I invite somebody to church and there are those that have heard about the Holy Rollers and the wild Pentecostals and they'll tell you, I've had some, perhaps you've had people tell you, I don't want to go to that church because y'all are crazy. And y'all, y'all pray loud and, and, and y'all dance and jump and, and y'all speak in tongues and, and all that and I don't want that to jump on me. Well, not to worry. It's never jumped on anybody. The Holy Ghost will never make you do what you don't want to do. He will never enter a heart that is not open. That's why it's important we understand, my friend. You hold the keys. Today, you get to decide what's going to happen and how he's going to touch you. That's important to understand, my friend. While I mentioned that there are many questions that were asked by Jesus throughout the Gospels, for the sake of time and because I love you, I'm not here this morning to preach 300 simple questions of Jesus. Aren't you happy about that? But I do want you to consider three of these questions. For I feel that without any doubt, these are three of the most important yet simple questions that you could ever consider. I am convinced, I am convinced, years of pastoring and years of ministry, I am convinced that every one of us, every time we come into this house, we answer these three simple questions in one way or another. It could be through our words. It could be through our actions. But before you leave this house today, you will answer these three questions. It's important for us to understand where we're at. The first question can be found in Mark chapter 10 and verse 51. It's a unique question, and you can read it uh, on the 
screen. It's the question that Jesus asked the blind man Bartimaeus. He said, what will thou that I should do unto thee? In other words, he was saying, what do you want me to do for you? Now, when you stop and think about that just for a moment, that seems like a very odd question for the scenario. You know the story. Jesus is leaving Jericho. Great crowd of people. Bartimaeus, the blind man, starts yelling. Uh, he yells so much. He calls out so much uh, that Jesus stops uh, and he says, somebody's calling for me. Bring him. Uh, and the Bible says uh, they took him by the hand uh, and they bring him to Jesus. Uh, we know the story. Uh, Bartimaeus comes to Jesus. Somebody had to help him. Uh, every person in that crowd, uh, every person in that multitude knew uh, what his problem was, what his need was. Nobody had to say it. Bartimaeus is a blind man. Bartimaeus needs his sight. Yet Jesus stands there and he doesn't move. He doesn't touch him. Remember, he's a gentleman. He's only going to respond when you ask him to. He's only going to step through that door when you open it. And so he stands there and he looks at this desperate blind man and he says, what do you want? Want me to do for you and it was only when Bartimaeus replied Lord that I might receive my sight and when he answered the question Jesus healed him right there in the moment friend his need was obvious anybody could see it everybody knew what his need was but Jesus didn't touch him and I'm here to tell you friend Jesus won't touch anybody until they express their need and until they recognize this is why I'm here this is why I'm standing here. This is why I'm kneeling here. I have a need and only Jesus has the answer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, and I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I've been in this my whole life. I've watched hundreds of times. I've prayed hundreds of people through the Holy Ghost in many different countries. And I've watched it never ceases to amaze me. I've seen precious people come to a Pentecostal altar. I've watched them sob and weep and moan and wail till there were no more tears, till they had no more strength. And they went back just like they came. And it breaks your heart. And I've stood beside them before and I've told them. You've got to talk to him. You've got to ask him. You have not because you ask not. And if you would just open your mouth and speak a word of faith and say, Jesus, I need you right now. Jesus, heal my body right now. Jesus, I need my sight restored right now. In that moment, friend, you open the door to a miracle and he will do any and everything he can for you. I'm not preaching to you anything you don't understand. Every one of you understands exactly what I'm talking about. For we practice it on a daily basis. Hello? In fact, some of you are looking forward to practicing it again in a few minutes. Go to the restaurant. Be in the restaurant like you are in the house of the Lord. See what happens. Just sit there. With your mouth shut and wait and when the waiter comes by and says what would you like 
Don't say nothing. You just sit there. I mean, after all, works in the altar, doesn't it? No. Ain't going to work. You're going to be hungry until you open your mouth and you choose a number. And when you tell them what you want, that's when the food comes. It's really a simple thing that we practice each and every day. You've got to tell them. You go to the doctor. Put on that funny little backwards robe. Jump up on that table and shut your mouth and see what happens. And when the doctor walks in and says, Mr. Burgess, what can I do for you today? You just sit there and look at him. I mean, after all, all those plaques on the wall has his name on it. He's the doctor. You tell me what's wrong. Don't work that way. No, he's going to let you sit there for just a few minutes and then somebody's going to come kick you out. He can't help you. You got to tell him where it hurts. You got to tell him what the symptoms are. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that difficult, friend. We understand. I've got to tell the doctor. I've got to answer the question. I've got to tell the waiter. I've got to answer the question. I walk up to the ticket counter to get my flight. I got to tell them where I'm going. I've got to communicate or I won't get anywhere. And friend, the same principle applies to this sacred place right here. When you stand before him, he's sitting there waiting. He's waiting on you. My child, what can I do for you today? Tell me what you need. And you just let the tears flow and you let the snot run and you don't say anything. You're going to go back just like you came. But when you open your heart, you don't have to give a whole dialogue. You don't have to give the discourse. You just tell him, Jesus, I need you. My heart is hurting. I don't feel good. This is wrong. That's wrong. And in that moment, my friend, you've answered the question. He will give you. He will touch you. He will heal you in the moment. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The second question is found in Matthew 9 and 28. It's also an interesting question. It's a question that Jesus asked two blind men when they came to him. Again, before the miracle. He asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? It's incredible. They sought him out. They had heard, perhaps they had heard the story of Bartimaeus that we just mentioned. They knew his power. They're standing before him. They have a need. But before he touched them, he said to them, do you believe that I can help you? Now notice what happens here. They replied to him, yea, Lord, we believe. And notice the very next verse, verse 29. When they responded, yes, I believe. The Bible says he touched their eyes. And he said this to them, and it's so important. He said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. He has the power 
you hold the keys. According to your faith, let it be done to you. They came, they had a need, but they had to answer the question. And when they replied to the positive, my friend, that's when the miracle happened. Let me tell you, my friend, you know that your doubt can stop a move of God in your life dead in its tracks. Are you aware, my friend, that doubt is the polar opposite of faith? And when you come in a spirit of doubt you will not receive from the Lord the Bible says in Matthew 13 that Jesus was unable to do miracles in Nazareth not because he was having a bad day not because he didn't feel good but because they doubted him and because of their doubt they put handcuffs on a move of God in their life they didn't receive what they wanted because of so you got to answer the question. You hold the key. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, there was a young man in our church. He had just received the devastating news that he had the onset of glaucoma and he was going blind. Just a young boy, 22, 23 years old. We were in special service and, and, and had... Uh, Brother Herod, our other missionary, was there preaching, and there were miracles all throughout the house, and, and it was a beautiful, beautiful move of God. And I watched people being healed, and people were jumping and shouting, and, and it was an, a, a, an incredible moment. And as I stood there and I, I looked over there to him, I felt the Holy Ghost uh, touch me, quicken me, and I felt the Lord say to me, I, I want to heal him today. And so I called him up, and he stood there at the altar, and I began to talk to him, and I I'll never forget. I told him, I said, can you feel the presence of the Lord? And he said, yes. And tears were flowing. And I said, he's here right now. And I said, I feel that he wants to heal you right now. I said, do you want him to heal you? And he said, yes. And I said, do you believe that he will heal you right now? And he said, no. And he was right. Because you hold the key. He asked those blind men, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes. And he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. What if they would have said no? Jesus' answer would have been exactly the same. According to your faith. Let it be done unto you. You can go home with your problem if you want to. Or you can get healing. You can get a touch. You can get a savior. You can have a life-changing moment. It's according to your faith. He has the answers, but you hold the key. Can we give him another hand clap of praise? <laughs> praise the Lord. I close this morning with the third question. Another interesting question, John chapter 5 and verse 6. It's the question that Jesus asked the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. He approached this man. The other stories that we've shared, they went to Jesus. But this time, Jesus went to the lame man. As he approached the lame man at the pool, he asked him this question. He asked him, wilt thou be made whole? 
In other words, do you want to be healed? Now that sounds like a very, very strange question to ask. After all, the man's at the pool of Bethesda. If you know the story, and I'm sure you do, Bethesda was a unique pool. It was a place where, where the lame, the cripple would come, and, and all the people that needed miracles, they would come and they would camp out around the, the edges of the pool. And every once in a while, the Bible says that the waters would be troubled by angels. And when the waters were troubled, anybody that could make it into the pool with the troubled waters, they would be healed. So the very fact that this crippled man is camped out on the side of the pool will indicate to you very clearly that he's there because he wants to be healed. But remember, Jesus doesn't take anything for granted. And that's where some of us have a problem because we already, we know he knows what we need and we know that he's able, but we just have that problem of answering the question with our words. So he asked the man a very strange question. Do you want to be healed? <laughs> now I hate to tell you this. You, you probably didn't know this, but let me just share it anyway. There are people in this world that do not want to be healed. Hello? There are people in this world they have come to like their affliction. They enjoy the attention that their problem brings them. And they don't want a miracle. I've seen some. They, 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 they don't want. They know, Pastor, if you pray for me and if the Lord heals me today, i got to go look for a job in the morning. My whole economy changes. I'm good just where I'm at. Thank you. I don't want to touch. I know it's hard to believe, but there are people that actually like their vices and their hang-ups and their addictions. They enjoy that. You've got to understand, you can't help an addict that likes being an addict. You can't help an alcoholic that enjoys the bottle. There are people that just like it. I've come to find out, Elder, there are those that enjoy their demons. They're best of friends with the demons that possess them. It's true. And I've come to know that if a person really wants a touch, they can get a touch. You hold the key. If they really want deliverance, hear me when I tell you, if you really want deliverance, there's not a demon in hell that can stop you. There's not a devil big enough that can stop you. If you really want to kneel at his feet, if you really want your life to be changed, it can happen in an instant because there is no power stronger than the power of the Holy Ghost. He can do anything. The demonic man came to Jesus. The Bible, they called him Legion. He had many, 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 many devils. And none of them could stop him because he wanted to kneel at Jesus' feet. So in a few minutes when I open these altars, you get to decide what you're going to do. And you may decide you don't want to come down here and that's your choice. But don't blame the devil. He couldn't stop you if he wanted to. 
You make the call. Are you with me? And while there was no devil strong enough to, 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 to keep Legion away from the presence of the Lord, I've also come to realize, I've prayed for many demonic people and began to realize they like their demons. They're happy right where they are. We can pray all night. We can cast out all we want to, but nothing's going to happen because they're enjoying where they're at. They're enjoying the distraction, and we've had to take them out because they're, it's just not going to happen. Why? Because they like where they're at. And I've come to tell you, friend, you've got to decide this morning. You hold the key. If you want to touch from God, there's not a force. There's not a devil in hell that can stop you but if you don't want it there's nothing anybody else can do for you that will make it change stand with me praise the Lord they're just simple questions I told you before we began not preaching anything difficult not preaching anything complicated it's very simple but would you bow your heads all throughout this house for just a moment For the next few few moments, would you entertain the presence of the Lord with me? Church, would you allow the power of the Holy Ghost to start working in us for a moment? Could we create an atmosphere for the next few minutes? There's some questions that have to be answered. As I said before I began, one way or another, we answer those questions today. It could be through our words. It could be through our actions. But you can't leave here without answering the questions. Every time I come into his house, I face these questions. So as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, the sweet presence of the Lord, would you consider for a moment that first question again? Jesus wants to know, what would you have me do for you today? It's a personal question. Only you can answer. What would you have me to do today? So would you just take a moment to focus on your need? Your need. What is it that you need from the Master today? Perhaps there's something in your life that you've not even shared with a spouse. Perhaps there's something that is so so big and devastating that you really don't want to to focalize it but would you take a moment to just think about that right now what is it that I have need of today what is it my greatest need today and with that need in your mind would you consider the, the second question that Jesus asked? He's asking you this morning, do you believe 
I'm able to help you with that need today. You may recognize you have a need, but he wants to know, do you believe? Do you believe I can help you today? So, so important. And then we come to that third and final question. Do you want me to help you? And if you were here this morning, be it saint or be it visitor, be it young person, elder, anybody in this house, if you want Him to touch you, would you step out from where you're standing right now? Would you come and join me here at this altar for a moment? We're not going to belabor the point. Just want to make the invitation. Would you bring that need? Would you bring that here? There you go. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. It's time to be honest with the Savior right now. You don't have to tell me your, your situation. You don't have to go into details with me. But would you tell him just, just right now, Lord, I'm standing here right now because this is a situation that I'm facing. I feel a move of the Spirit right now in this house. Lord, I'm standing here because I believe. I believe that you do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. And church, as the power of the Holy Ghost begins to flow through here, would you open your hearts and would you open your, your mouths and begin to praise him and begin to talk to him and begin to acknowledge, Lord, I want you to move. There you go. I want you to move, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to do a work in my life today. I want the glory, God, to fall upon me right now. There you go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.